0: Hi, I'm Nicole Webb, the CEO of the Impact Agency, and this is Making an Impact, a podcast to help you be better and do better as a business individual and leader through the communications lens. Today, I'm talking to Katie Eastman. She's the Group Account Director here at the Impact Agency. She's been working with me for a number of years. We work with a lot of companies that solely sell online, and she's got some really interesting outtakes. So let's go. Welcome back, Katie. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back on the show again. Um, we work with a number of e-commerce businesses and I spoke with one of, um, one of our clients, Liana, from Modibodi, the CMO at Modibody, as part of this series. So I thought we could provide an agency perspective on what it's like to work with businesses that predominantly sell their products online and the type of work we do for them. So When we start talking to an e-commerce business, the first question is inevitably how will that drive sales? How will the work that you do for us drive sales? You know, ROI, return on investment, is probably the number one driver for an e-commerce business. And we know the answer to that question is probably a little bit more complex than if we were a performance marketing agency. But I thought we could start with talking about brand building or brand marketing. Tell me what is brand building? sometimes people call it brand marketing.
1: Nicole, it's a really interesting um, discussion point and one that comes up time and time again with new e-com clients, with existing e-com clients, because as you said, ROI is really important for those brands. It's the bottom line. It pays the bills, need to get those sales coming in. But brand building is more of a a long-term investment. It's a long-term strategy. It's all about building and maintaining a positive reputation. Um, And in many cases, it's also establishing an emotional connection with customers. What that can do is it can help differentiate the brand from competitors um, and also capture the attention of new Um, or potential customers that might not have come across or might not have considered um, the brand before. The other really important thing that it can do is it can help um, establish the brand or the business as an industry leader or authority. So Thought Leader Topics is a really great way um, of doing this. It can help build credibility and trust, which in turn, can lead to loyal customers who can be less price sensitive, um, which is a great connection back to ROI. But it's a long-term strategy; it's not something that's going to happen overnight, um, and it needs to run in conjunction. Um, it needs to be running all the time, which we'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, the tricky part of brand building um, is that it's the measurement is is a bit more tricky than performance marketing, which as you might imagine, is, is quite easy to measure. It's all about conversions. It's about ROI. Brand marketing is more looking at factors like brand awareness and loyalty. So it can be challenging um, without investment into measurement in determining its effectiveness.
0: Sure. let's t- We'll talk about um, how you measure success in brand marketing a little bit later on. But can we start with how we as Impact, how do we build brand on behalf of our clients, where do we start?
1: Yeah, starting the starting point is often an audit. So looking at where you currently sit where's reputation currently and how does that compare to your competitors where do you sit in that competitive set so we'll do the initial audit we'll then run workshops to uncover any sticking points that um, might not be visible from the outside it might be feedback from customers it might be challenges with abandoned carts Um, we'll look at unique voice and we'll build content pillars um, to give us a framework for messaging across all channels Um, we'll also create compelling narratives that will resonate with your audiences. So we'll be do a big deep dive into your audiences and what messages um, will help you um, achieve the goals that that we've identified. We'll also work with our behavioral expert Chris White who you spoke to recently um, on this topic as well to look at what behaviors behaviours are at play. Um, For example we might use the behavioral principle of loss aversion, um, where a brand offers a limited edition product to drive purchase intent um, of the new product or the core range. Um, it came to life quite recently in the office. Um, Alex in our team loves a limited edition snack, and she bought in. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She's always on top of what what's coming out, what is out, um, and we were talking about Twisties have brought out a few um, limited edition Weird, weird flavours. Really <laughs> weird. And so she got her hands on the Donut, donut King collab with Twisties. So they were cinnamon donut flavoured Twisties. They were interesting. Um, but... They made me want to go and buy the traditional twisties, which I still haven't done, but I need to. I still have a craving for traditional twisties, so it it won me over. Um, while I wasn't necessarily going to go out and purchase the donut king ones again, I want the originals. Um, so that particular strategy worked wonders on me. Yeah,
0: crazy, crazy behaviours at play there. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'd love
1: to ask Chris what he thought thinks of it.
0: <laughs> so it's just. I think whatever channel you use to communicate with your target audiences, you've got to be consistent, right? You've got to be transparent. You've got to be genuine. And it, uh, at the end of the day, it's got to ladder up to those business objectives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's our job ultimately to help um, our clients shape perceptions, foster trust. And ultimately, it's about creating loyal customers who then become brand advocates. And then you've got word of mouth that comes from there.
0: Yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about this? What are some of the activities that e-commerce businesses should be doing? What strategies have you found to be most effective in building and maintaining a positive brand?
1: Yeah, Nicole, that's a a big question. I think it's going to come back to the objectives for that particular brand. But there are a few um, different elements that most brands will need to look at and the first is brand identity so presenting a consistent brand identity is foundational so it includes your visual elements from logos to colors um, to imagery it's creating that recognizable recognizable and memorable visual language that distinguishes you from competitors um, and fosters that brand recall Um, the other big element of brand identity is consistent tone and messaging so consistent um narratives across um, all channels to create that distinctive brand personality and voice something that will help um all parts of the team and agencies is having a brand guidelines document that makes it easier um to remain consistent so um from advertising to social, web content, media spokespeople um, and customer interactions both um, on social, with customer service team, any other touch points customers might have with the brand, that interaction needs to be consistent from a brand perspective. Um, it even includes influencer content, which um, is interesting. Which because, we've talked about before, yeah, so lot. if anyone's
0: listening, please listen to our other <laughs> our other
1: series on influencers. It's And it's interesting because the content will be in the influencer's voice, but the briefing process with the influencer needs to make sure that the brand's presented in the consistent way so that customers have that consistent experience. Once you've got that, that brand identity consistent, it can come to life in a really authoritative way through content and PR. So high quality owned content plays a, a significant role in brand marketing because it gives the business an opportunity to showcase their expertise, to um, further build that sense of authority. It also allows for storytelling um, and more opportunities to delve deeper into the brand story, values and unique selling points. What makes the product different um, or the brand different to competitors? PR also Holds immense value in brand marketing because it helps businesses build credibility through third parties. So it's through another testimonial or recommendation through a journalist. Um, it helps build brand visibility and shape public perceptions. It could be achieved through strategic media coverage, partnerships, and also influencer collaborations as well. So, Katie, how do you measure success in brand marketing? How do you know that you're doing a good job? There's lots of ways that you can mes- measure success. Um, it's all about measuring long-term awareness and consideration. So there's lots of different metrics that can be used and different ways um, that you can, can measure those. So the first is brand awareness, which looks at um, the level of brand recognition and, um, for a target audience. So it could be measured through brand awareness surveys. It could be brand recall and brand recognition tests. Um, Another way, another metric is brand perception, which um, looks at attributes like quality, trustworthiness, innovation, um, or value. And it can be measured through brand perception surveys or by tracking sentiment analysis. Um, You could look at brand associations, um, which look at um, that. Characteristics that um, your customers or audiences attribute to the brand. So it could be things like reliability, affordability, or sustainability. Um, A few more include brand consideration, purchase intent, um, which um, looks at the likelihood of consumers who are intending to purchase from the brand in the future. Um, You could measure this through surveys or by looking at conversion rates. You could look at um, shopping cart abandonments um, or inbound customer inquiries. Um, You've got metrics like share of voice, um, which looks at, as the name might suggest, Mm -hmm. looks at presence um, against competitors, um, which could be tracking media mentions, so your own versus your competitors um, or social media Mentions there are so many different ways um, that you can measure. It's all going to ladder back up to your objectives and what what activity is um, is your focus.
0: It's really good to probably do those some of those um, activities before you start to, so you can measure against whether you know you've shifted the dial or not. So share a voice, for example, is something that we do a lot of um, at the beginning of a campaign, and then we can see how the campaign has changed or the work that we've done has changed or shifted that dial when we go back in and have a look at Share A Voice again. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think it's interesting and important to do that both for to see where you sit, but also your competitors. Have their objectives changed? Have the topics they've been speaking about in media changed? Have their priorities shifted? Um, and what does what's the implication of that for your brand as well?
0: So when should you use Brand building versus performance marketing. I had a bit of a chat to Liana from Body about this as well. And she said, you know, it's chicken and egg stuff. <laughs> it all depends on your objectives. You know, one's just as important as the other. What, what do you think?
1: I probably would have answered in a similar way. I think, um, I think you need both. You need, you need brand building to be turned on all the time um the focus of your brand building activity might change but it needs to be there um it needs to be ticking along so that it continues to build because if you dip out you'll if you do a share of voice um analysis it's tricky to start building up again and it takes time you need consistency but you can also have um peaks where you you invest a little bit more um into brand in a certain time um but it it, it also needs to link to your target audiences. So you might have certain segments that, um, performance marketing, you need extra investment because it might be more competitive landscape for that particular segment. Um, another segment might not be as, as aware of your brand or, um, are still in that consideration phase um and need that additional brand investment to get them across the line so it's going to come back to your objectives and your audiences um to which you need to use but i'd agree with liana that you need both um to be long-term to have long-term success it's good that we um we're on the same page as as one one of our
0: clients um look e-commerce businesses um they fall foul, is that the right terminology? Of reviews um and feedback. You know, it's the great place to leave a review if you don't like a product in particular or the service hasn't hasn't been great. How can what we do uh, manage or leverage customer sentiments on behalf of the brand?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a big one and lots of customers will look to those reviews. Um in their research phase if they're considering a brand. So it is really important to have a, a good strategy um, to manage those. I think before I tackle the how to manage them, I'll just raise a point that feedback is really important and taking on that feedback and learning from it I think is, is really essential for brands so that they can improve A, the product or B, the customer experience. Um, That's a really so that- good point. You mitigate it for future, Um, but you're always going to have people that are unhappy for some reason. Um, You'd be hard-pressed to find a brand that doesn't receive any kind of um, feedback or bad reviews from customers, whether it's publicly or privately. Um, And I think if
0: if I was talking to Chris, he'd probably say there's probably um, people are more likely to leave a negative um, comment or feedback than a positive
1: one. For sure, and I myself often like you'll go out Particularly to restaurants because they 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 live by reviews with tourism and people from out of town looking for recommendations. You go to a restaurant and at the time you're like, I need to leave a good review because I had a really great experience. But you forget because you forget yeah. about that good experience quickly. But if you had a bad experience, you're probably going to jump online and do it really quickly. And I think the <laughs> same goes for econ brands. You you that that good experience can fast disappear from memory. Um, so in terms of managing those reviews, real-time monitoring and um, responding quickly is is first and foremost the most important. Staying calm and professional um, is really important. Avoid getting defensive or emotional. Make sure you acknowledge the issue and wherever possible, take that conversation offline but have, have – um, have a record of coming to a solution or looking to work to a solution for that customer so that if somebody does come online and sees that that negative review or feedback, um, they can see that you have taken that on board and that you're looking to, to deal with it and come to a solution for that customer because that can also turn into a positive um, touch point for a potential customer if they can see that the brand is working to, to solve that problem. So once you have got that offline or whether some customers don't want to get privately, um, offer a solution, apologize. If it's appropriate, there are circumstances where an apology is needed. Um, Encourage positive reviews as well from customers that like me, that, have short memories about good experiences um
0: yeah don't leave the restaurant (laughs) until you've done your review
1: (laughs) i mean i don't think (laughs) i'd I'd love that one um i don't think other people would love that one with small children running around wild Um, (laughs) um learn and improve again from from them make sure that you're you're mitigating that for future and training your team making sure that Everyone that is involved in dealing with customers um, responds in a similar way and knows the escalation process and what to do um, if if they receive a certain piece of feedback or negative review.
0: Katie, we could talk about this forever, but let's just wrap up. What are your two key takeouts you'd like to leave our listeners today?
1: My two key takeouts I think my the most important takeouts are that Brand marketing and performance marketing are not mutually exclusive. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. They play a vital role in achieving business objectives. They need to be um, working together um, at the same time. Um, and the second one is that, that building that strong brand identity forms the foundation for long-term success. It's around fostering trust, loyalty, emotional connections with consumers, um, while performance marketing drives those immediate results, the measurable sales, the outcomes, um, it all connects to to revenue growth. Um, so yeah, both of those takeouts are quite linked. They need to be happening at the same time um, and they complement each other. Two really great takeouts. Thank you, Katie,
0: so much for joining us again and have a great day. Pleasure. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for listening. Want to see how impact can help your business? Then get in touch by heading to impactagency.com.au.